It's Wednesday. I'm going to go to uh, religious services tonight. Are you going to go to religious services tonight? Amen. <laughs> it's uh, was it Wednesday, January 10, 2024. My name is Jaron Jackson. I do love America. For me, it's always about the gospel of Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection. That is the one way to salvation. There are people who still believe that there are special people, a chosen people that are outside of the gospel. That's a hoax. That's not true. If you do not know Jesus, if you do not believe the gospel, you are going to go to hell. Period. So if you are outside of Christ, if you are have not been baptized, 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 if you have not been baptized in Christ, you are out of him, which means you are going to go to hell. Believe the gospel. Do not think that you are special. You are only holy and set apart if you belong to him to believe the gospel. This morning, I'd like to start with Proverbs chapter, what we in, 10, verse 32. The lips of the righteous know what is acceptable, but the mouth of the wicked speaketh frowardness. Now, froward is one of them King James Bible words. You know what I'm saying? Froward is about being contrary to, you're stubborn, you're obstinate. So you see what's right, but you digging in your heels and you're saying, I got a stiff neck. I don't have to do what you're doing. I'm froward. Froward is obstinate. It is digging in your heels and resisting what's right. So if the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 32, the lips of the righteous know what is acceptable, but the mouth of the wicked speaketh frowardness. So this is saying that if you are righteous, you know what words to say. You know God's words. You're, you're in him. You have his understanding and you speak what is righteous. Conversely, if you are wicked, you're not in him and you speak words that are obstinate. This is going to be relevant today, Lord willing, because we're going to be covering the murder trial of what's this guy's name? Uh, this is a, a rancher in Arizona. What's this guy's name? This guy's name is George Allen Kelly. George Allen Kelly is on trial for the murder of an illegal alien that was on his land. And this murder trial is ongoing and this man in his 70s is looking at decades in prison. So I want to examine, using the fundamental principles what the law is on murder because the law applies everywhere and if you understand the fundamentals if you know what the law is you'll be able to have the right words see if the bible says the lips of the righteous know what is acceptable in this case if you have the right judgment if you have the right words if you have the right law those things are going to be acceptable in a court of justice because you're saying what's true. You're saying the law. 
You have the courage to stand on what's true. You've been diligent to know what's true. And you're not going to be deceived or distracted or gaslit or afraid of government, the prosecutors, the media, intimidation. You're not going to be afraid. And if you're not afraid, you're courageous and and courage is contagious. And so that's what we want. But if you are froward, obstinate, you're going to say words that aren't right. And so what I endeavor to do today, by God's grace, is just to show you the fundamental law and to show you how you can learn this too. Of course, my teacher, my mentor in the law, Dave Jose, friend and brother in Christ. You can follow him, Twitter. uh, Real Dave Cares for you on Twitter and then he's on Telegram. He's got other classes and webinars that I would encourage you to take to get more specifics. So what I'm going to do is I'm basically just going to showcase how if you know what the law is, you can you can destroy this stuff like this. I will show that by God's grace today. The first thing I want to do is I want to direct your attention to patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. I, by God's grace, will show what the fundamental law is on murder today. And if it were applied to a man who's being tried for murder, looking at the potential of decades in prison, Lord willing, he would get off because he's, st- he's telling the truth. If you enjoy this, if you're enlightened, illuminated, educated, inspired, or encouraged, I would continue and ask you to go to patriotswitch.com slash Jaren, take the money you're already spending, and shift it over to American manufacturing. Not only does it help an American company with American jobs, but you get direct product purchase delivered right to your door in a way that is not like Costco or Walmart or Amazon. You're not giving your money to the globalists. You're giving it to American manufacturing. And in the process, British, you are helping out your favorite podcaster, live streamer, gospel preaching guy, Jaron Jackson. I will direct your attention to a shopper uh, call, a Zoom call this Friday, where my wife and I, you can register down there at go to, now go to war, nowgotowar.com. You can go there, uh, register right now. My wife and I will be on this shopper call, we'll be on this Zoom call to answer every question, to talk about what things we like, to show you how it works, to explain how things are. This is your invitation. What better way to get answers directly from people who do it than to participate in this? Let's build the community. Let's switch the shopping. Please go to nowgotowar.com. Nowgotowar.com. Register, or you just do the patriotswitch.com slash Jaren, and someone who's with me or myself will get a hold of you and talk to you about the same idea. That shopper call, that Zoom call is this Friday. Let's turn to this guy right here, George Allen Kelly. George Allen Kelly. What I want to do is I want to do this and do this and do this. Let's jihad this real fast, which means blow up for those of you all who haven't been around that long. Uh, Border rancher charged with murder rejects plea offer. So this guy's being offered a plea date and he's uh, rejected it. So this is talking about Tucson, Arizona, the Arizona rancher charged with murder for the shooting death of a border crosser. Notice how the media calls him a border crosser and not an illegal alien and not a property trespasser. On his property has a new trial date. George Allen Kelly rejected a plea agreement and his trial will now resume after a court of appeals ruled that prosecutors can make his wife testify against him. We could go after that if we really wanted to, but what I want to do is I wanted to listen to this. Let's go. Is it not doing it? The Arizona Rancher. No, that's not the one. That's not the one. This is the one. This is the one. 
This is the one I wanted to do. Now I'll do this fancy camera. That's that's what I have it called right here. Fancy camera here. Boom. And we will do this. We're not going to listen to the whole thing. This is the time and date for the long motion preliminary hearing on case number 2023-041, State of Arizona versus George Allen Kelly. The first and foremost, it appears that there has been an amended complaint filed. And I think everyone has a copy of that in front of them. So, See how he said an amended complaint? A complaint. It's a complaint. That's different than a claim. I'll just I'll just put it that way. A complaint is not a claim. A claim is not a complaint. So it's amended, right? So we, we won't. <laughs> there's so much bad things going on. But he says, you, I I believe everyone has that in front of them. That's called given notice. So if everyone has a copy of that in front of them, that is called notice. That is the first step of constitutional due process. You have to been given notice. This is why that judge says, I think you all have a copy of that in front of you. That's what he's saying. Go ahead. Two extra charges. So you were first brought in, George Allen Kelly was first brought in for murder, and then they changed the complaint, which is not a claim, and now they're adding charges to it. Do you see how... Um, they're, they're, they're loading up all of these things. Murder, and they're, they're going to talk about aggravated assault, aggravated assault. But ju just know it's like they're adding on um, condiments to a sandwich. Or they're, they're adding on um, luxury uh, amenities to a car. Like they're building a car. The case is, I want this luxury radio. I want the 20-inch rims. I want the sunroof. They're adding on amendments to this thing. Go ahead. Aggravated assault, dangerous nature. Write that down. We're going to say aggravated assault, dangerous nature. That is a statutory crime. We're going to look into that here in a second, but write that down. Aggravated assault, dangerous nature. These are Arizona statutes, by the way. This is a, uh, an Arizona court in Tucson. Okay. So they've added two counts of this aggravated assault, dangerous nature. So we're going to look into what that means, but let's just keep watching. And Mr. Larkin, do I want to go ahead and waive the formal reading of the uh, complaint and, uh, and give a plea? Yes, sir. So the attorney was just asked, do you want to waive the right to hear the reading and just enter a pleading? Stop. 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 This man has already lost. Now the jury could acquit him, but the man has already lost. Now I want to stop right here because most people will just go with the flow. I don't want to just go with the flow. So we'll stop right there and, and recognize that his attorney, George Allen Kelly, has an attorney. The attorney just waived the right to read the, uh, the, the complaint and she wants to go right to a pleading. Folks, the best way, and this is this is not advice, this is you standing on your rights. The best way to kill cases is to attack jurisdiction. Attack it. Anybody comes at you, attack jurisdiction. 
jurisdictional challenges are prioritized. You can't just dismiss them. You can't ignore them because it's literally questioning the power that is coming against you. It is, um, so like in the book of Acts, when the sons of Sceva tried to, you know, do a hoax gospel call and they started like using the, the Christian words and they went into this dude that was demon possessed and the guy was like, I know Christ, I know Paul, but I don't know you. So whenever he's, whenever you're, whenever, my, my point that I'm trying to do is if you're going up against the power and that power doesn't recognize you, that power will pummel you. So the first thing that you do is say, whose power do you have? What power are you using to come against me? Yesterday's stream was all about you have to fight. You have to stand on your rights. Today, we've recognized and we're seeing that Mr. George Allen Kelly has turned himself over to an attorney. His attorney has accepted the jurisdiction of the court. She's already granted it. She's not challenging it. She's just granted it. And by granting it, now she's going to continue on with the, the process of the court. This is how she gets paid. I'm just not gonna, I'm just not gonna say it. We're gonna prove it, but let's let's hear what she has to say. She says we want to waive and just get to the reading. Go ahead. The state filed its motion erroneously. <laughs> uh, we screwed up, so we want to change how we do stuff. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they they filed a motion telling who was the people coming against them. How can you seal the identities of the people that were going against them and the victims of this? How could you do that? How are you able to do that? Isn't he? Isn't this a public trial? Anyway, let's let's stop this because I you know I, I get tired of this. But here's here's what I want to look at this real fast because there's something that's crucial in this one. I think is it this one? Yes. Okay. So this one right here. This was January third, right? January third, twenty twenty four says that George Kelly will likely have a three-week murder trial at the Santa Cruz County Superior Court starting in late March after allowing a plea offer to expire. Yes, I'm here, said George Kelly, who attended his status, his status hearing. Ooh. <laughs> what is your status in the law? Oh, who are, do you know what's going on here? The power that comes against you, the government comes against you, they have to first determine what your status is. Why is that important? Because this is where you are in the law. This is the Red Barn presentation. The link is in the description below. If you come as one of the people, your status is outside the jurisdiction of statutes. Why? Because the statutes are for those people that are subjected to the Constitution. We are a common law nation. Dave Jose has a webinar about common law. You can go look up at that. Go tag him and be like, hey, I want that common law seminar class. But your, your, the, the, the statutes are for the people subjected to the Constitution. 
The people subject, subjected to the Constitution are the ones who voluntarily swore to be subjected to the Constitution. So if you have a status hearing, the purpose of that hearing is to determine if your status in the law is subjected to the statutes. And if the, if the status is determined to be subjected to the statutes, that confirms the jurisdiction. And now the court will proceed, which is why when this attorney says, we don't want to, you know, we waive the right to hear the complaint, not a claim. Look up the definitions between complaint and claim, by the way. We don't want to hear the complaint. We'll just go ahead and go on in. You just attended. Yes, I'm here. George Kelly affirms that he is there at a status hearing. Now, I don't want to go down the, the rabbit hole of, you know, them attacking you as an entity. That's a little bit heavy. That's a little bit um, stuff. But um, anyway, he attends a status hearing uh, remotely. Remotely. Ooh. <laughs> a remote hearing? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Where is that in the common law? Where in the common law were people able to have remote hearings? Like, you understand, the living voice is the way that the court of record moves. You have to have a court of record with the common law that requires the living voice. Vice voca, you have to have the living voice, which means you are present. Everyone is present. And the reason why, and I'm getting off track. I'm getting off track. We we're not going to go there. Well, uh, well, very well. Thank you. It's good to have you with us. This judge is saying, oh, it's good to have you with us. The 75-year-old rancher learned his new trial date, which will be March 21st. Kelly is charged with second-degree murder. Ooh, let's <laughs> remember that. Second-degree murder. Let's write that down. Write that down. Second-degree murder. We're going to look at the words, folks. We're going to look at the definitions. An aggravated assault for the shooting death on his property. On his property property so there was a shooting death on his property that's the fact that's the issue the issue in the law is that there is someone who is dead there's someone who's dead the location was his property so now the issue is does mr uh, kelly have a right to defend his property versus the guy who is on his property's right to life and liberty does the illegal alien have a right to liberty to travel this guy's private property? And what was he doing? Right? That's the issue. But the way that the state is bringing the suit is second degree murder and aggravated assault. These are, I'll just say now, these are lawyer words. These are hoaxes. These are statutory crimes which do not go up against um, Mr. Al or Mr. Kelly's rights. And I'll show that. I will absolutely show that. Just so you know, I wanted a date that's far enough in advance when the mandate came back from the Court of Appeals, which I think is in mid-December, but to provide the party sufficient time to prepare for trial. If you know your rights, you don't need time to prepare for trial. This is how you rack up billable hours. This is how you rack up billable hours. What trial do you need? Give me 12 uh, peers in a jury, swear them in, and present the facts. What are the facts? That dude was on my property. I shot him. I shot him in defense because people had been attacking, destroying my property, and I feared for my life. The jury can judge whether that dude's testimony is credible. 
They can see his facial features. They can hear the crack in his voice. They can see him being cross-examined in the living voice, open air, living voice, public trial, nothing being hidden. You don't need to go into text messages. You don't need to go in all these things. Did that guy shoot that guy lawfully? That's not hard. That's not hard. This trial was set for September 2023, but prosecutors did all this kind of stuff. What I want to get down here is this. Yes, Your Honor, we have discussed that plea with Mr. Kelly. It is his intent, intention to reject the plea, said defense attorney Brenna Larkin, who also attended remotely. So no one is actually present. The trial starts with two days of jury selection and will have eight jurors and four alternates. Remember that. Eight jurors and four alternates. Let's just write that down. Eight jurors and four alternates. So the three things we've written down, aggravated assault, dangerous nature, second degree murder, eight jurors, four alternates. Now, let's look into what the law is. Let's go to our uh, Blackstone. This is book four, chapter one, um, page 14. Let me jihad this. Book four, chapter one, page 14. Death is ordered to be punished with death. If In the common law, when you murder somebody, the punishment is death. Now, Blackstone will tell you why. Let's go. Not because one is equivalent to the other, for that would be expiation and not punishment. So just because you kill somebody, if they kill you, that would be uh, equitable. That would be tit for tat. But that's not punishment, right? Nor is death always an equivalent for death. The execution of a needy, decrepit assassin is a poor satisfaction for the murder of a nobleman in the bloom of his youth and full enjoyment of his friends. In this case, a 75-year-old rancher defending his property is likely the patriarch. He's got probably he's probably got children, uh, grandkids. He's probably got an inheritance that he's going to pass down versus someone who is in America unlawfully, because this is happening where? Where was this happening? This was happening in, where's the Kino Springs? Where, where's that, where did I see that? Maybe it's this one. Uh, yeah, there we go. 170 acre Kino Springs property. Kino Springs is right here. There's the US-Mexico border. So if we zoom out, that is where this is happening. Okay, Kino Springs is right there by the border. Right there across from Nogales. So these guys are crossing the border illegally and they're coming through Kino Springs, wherever this guy's home is, they're coming through Kino Springs to get on these roads or whatnot and to, to scooch out, to get deeper into America. So they are invading America. So this is the context, this is the location, but this guy's private property is somewhere here, okay? So so there's a, it's, it's, there's a difference between you know, life for life. Um, but the reason upon which this sentence is grounded seems to be that this is the highest penalty that man can inflict and tends most to the security of mankind. The reason why you uh, have capital punishment and you, and you take the life of a murderer is because it is the greatest security of mankind and Blackstone tells you why. By removing one murderer from the earth, 
and setting a dreadful example to deter others. You're going to kill the murderer so he doesn't keep murdering, and you're going to set an example against people who murder. I'm not going to, I don't want to kill that guy because if I kill that guy, I'm going to get killed. Versus uh, second degree murder, first degree murder, third degree murder, where I'm going to be in jail for 20 years. Right? A lot of these people know, well, I'm going to get in jail, uh, and you know, if I have good, good uh, behavior, I'll be out in five years, and I'll be on probation for affinity years. You see how this goes against what the common law is? The common law is if you're guilty of murder, you get killed. Period. It's, it's, not, it's not just life for life, but it's to make sure that society is protected, the security of mankind. So that even this grand instance proceeds upon other principles than those of retaliation. And truly, if any measure of punishment is to be taken from the damage sustained by the sufferer, the punishment ought rather to exceed than equal the injury. So if you kill somebody, if you murder somebody, the punishment has to exceed what you did against the person that you murder. It's not enough just to make things whole because the person you murdered is dead. So now there has to be a, um, a payment to society. There has to be, um, you know, justice has to work a, a deterrence against further injustice. And he says this, since it seems contrary to reason and equity, which is equity follows the law, that the guilty, if convicted, should suffer no more than the innocent has done before him, especially as the suffering of the innocent is past and irrevocable, that of the guilty is future, contingent, and liable to be escaped or evaded. So if the sentence of murder is not death, then you could actually, as a murderer, not be punished greater than what you have done. And if you are not punished greater than what you have done, Blackstone says, the common law says, you're actually um, attacking the security of mankind. You're attacking society. You can't attack society. That's why this is such a big deal. So if George Allen Kelly murdered somebody, he deserved to be killed. If you murder, you're going to get murdered. If you murder, you're going to get killed, right? Now, that's what I want to read from Blackstone, but what I want to do now, let me take this camera off. Let me take the screen off. Where's my cam Where's my mouse? Where'd you go? There we go. Sometimes the mouse goes crazy. Let's, let's do this back up. Let's get this back up here. Boom. Now, what I want to do is I want to go to... Um, so, so this Arizona rancher shoots this illegal alien on his property. You can go look up what the, what the right to property is. It's exclusive, right? It's, it's yours. If you have the right to property, someone else does not have the right to your property, right? It's exclusive. But that doesn't address murder. So what I want to do now is I want to go to um, the, the, the trial that's coming against him. Remember, we, we saw what? We saw aggravated assault, dangerous, what was it? Aggravated assault, dangerous nature, and second degree murder. Aggravated assault, dangerous uh, nature, and second degree murder. So what I want to do now, let's go to um, a, uh, well actually I, I want you to be able to see what I'm doing. That way you can see that I'm not, you know, being weird or whatnot. So let's go back there. Let's put this up. Let's put this up. Let's jihad this a little bit. Oh shoot, 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 shoot. Not that, not, not that button. Jihad, no, 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 Jihad. 
Not un-jihad, jihad. Now let's do uh, aggravated assault, dangerous nature, Arizona statute, ARS 13-1204. So let's, uh, let's look what this is. Did I do this? Yeah. I don't want I don't want some stupid attorney. There we go. There we go. There we go. All right. So here is aggravated assault, dangerous nature. So this is Arizona statute. You see how this says azledge.gov. Now this is aggravated assault classification definition. Look at this. A person. Stop. 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 What did we see uh, earlier? Whenever he said that he was at a where's the status hearing? Attended his status hearing remotely. So he attended his status hearing remotely, but what does the statute presume? The statute talks about a person. Now, let's go to the Arizona Constitution. Let's go to the Arizona Constitution right here. Arizona Constitution on Ballotpedia. Let's jihad it. Now, click that stinking button. We go to uh, Declaration of Rights, Article 2. Article 2. Oh, look at what we're doing. Article 2, Section 1. A frequent recurrence to fundamental principles is the essential, is essential to the individual rights and the perpetuity of free government. Amen. Here we go. Article 2, Section 2. All political power is inherent in the people. The people is not persons. We've covered this in the immigration series where people is the is people is the nation. It's the, it's the members of that nation. And so if all political power is inherent in the people, they don't have people are not persons persons are not people excuse me so whenever they take mr kelly to his status hearing he says yes i'm here okay very well but then what did they do they charged him with a statute that starts out with a person now do not miss the fact that the words matter the words matter this is the law people are like well you're just playing semantics no i'm not words are the building blocks of sentences so if you don't have the right meaning of the word, you're going to have an idea that doesn't make sense. What was it today? Proverbs chapter 10, verse 32. The lips of the righteous know what is acceptable, but the mouth of the wicked speaketh frowardness. If you're going to be obstinate and say we're going to attack people's rights by calling them persons, well then what does this do? This statute, aggravated assault, a person commits aggravated assault if... Do you know what that does? What that does right there, it presumes guilt. So the first word we're going to look up is presumption. But my camera fell, so let me do this. The first word we're going to look up. There we go, there we go, there we go. Um, let me find the P's. Where are you at, P's? There we go. Presumption. Let me get a pen. Oh, I put all the pins. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I put all the pins over here. Oh, no, I didn't. Here we go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. All right, now we go handy dandy. Where's the presumption? Okay, presumption. Now, presumption is a big word. Or, excuse me, it's, it's a word with the big definition, right? So you have presumption of fact, but we want to look at presumption of law. So there's presumptions made in the law. So a rule of law that courts and judges shall draw a particular inference from a particular fact or from a particular evidence unless and until the truth of such inference is disproved. Here, the statute presumes what? A person. 
But by law, this guy can assert that he is one of the people. So in the law, let me move this over here. So in the law, he can stand as one of the people because people have rights. And as one of the people in Arizona, he's got all political power. But look at this. Let's go deeper. Let's go to... Um, uh, look at this, look at this. To protect the people's freedom and preserve the checks and balances of the United States Constitution, this state can exercise its sovereign authority. But we're doing the people's freedom, not person's freedom. Now, due process of law. No person shall be deprived of life, liberty, or property without the due process of law. Remember, that's when um, the video... That's when... Where is it at? That's when this... Vi not that video. That's when this video said, you know, you've all gotten notice. I believe you all have that in front of you, right? That was notice. That's the first part of due process of law. Now here, a person is someone that is an entity. It's someone who, um, you know, is going to be engaged as an entity in the law. So you can't be deprived uh, life, liberty, or property without the due process of law. So what is constitutional due process of law? That is the law of the land now if you look up law of the land now i'm going i'm going off uh off script right here but let's go to law of the land law of the land now this is why words matter and this is why you read words you look up your black law black's law dictionary and you figure out what the words mean law of the land where are you at law of the land due process of law the definition of law of the land is due process of law by the law of the land most clearly intended by the general law which hears before it condemns. Now, if you have a um, if you have a statute, if you have a statute that says a person commits aggravated assault if the person commits assault as prescribed in section blah 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 blah, this just presumed what? It presumed you're a person in the law, but it presumed your conduct. Any person commits aggravated assault if the person commits assault. Well, hold on. You have to first be heard if you've committed assault. You can't presume that I've committed assault. So let's go back to our, our law of the land. Law of the land. Law of the land. Come on. Law of the land is most clearly intended by the general law, which hears before it condemns, which proceeds upon inquiry and renders judgment only after trial. Now let's turn the page. Everything, stupid cord. Everything which may pass under the form of an enactment, which is coming from a legislature, is not the law of the land. It's not the law of the land. It means due process of law warranted by the Constitution, by the common law adopted by the Constitution, or by statutes passed in pursuance of the Constitution. This means that you have to be tried. Um, you have to be tried with. Uh, you have to be tried in a court of record with a common law crime. A statute coming from a legislature is not law of the land. So when Mr. Al and Mr. Kelly is charged with a statutory crime, it is presumed that he is guilty. And if you are presumed guilty, you are not presumed innocent. So the presumption of law 
is unlawful. How do we know that? Go back to the definition of presumption. And we're going to crush it here in a second when we look up the word murder. Um, so if we go back to this and we look up this, presumption of law, a rule of law that courts and judges shall draw from a particular inference from a particular fact. What are the particular facts in the case against Kelly? Well, there's a dead guy, sure, but there's what? There's the prosecutors are saying, we're going to charge him with the statute that presumes he committed aggravated assault. Does that make sense? I, I like really slow down and, and, okay, it's basically this. If the legislature writes a statute, that statute is for people under the, uh, under the jurisdiction of the Constitution who are subjected to the Constitution. Those can be the persons, the entities, the civil servants, the public officers. Those are not the people. The people are, are uh, under the law of the land, the common law. Right? And we can see this. Where, where's... Um, this is uh, Arizona Constitution. We're looking for administration of justice. Um, no, not religious freedom. I'm looking for uh, rights of accused, corruption of blood, imminent domain, imprisonment of de so no imprisonment of debt. Um, all right, so it lists out your bailable offenses. Trial by jury. The right to trial by jury shall remain inviolate. Juries in criminal cases which a sentence of death or imprisonment for 30 years or more is authorized by law shall consist of 12 persons. Now, in all criminal cases, the unanimous consent of the jurors shall be necessary to render the verdict. In all other cases, the number of jurors not less than six and the number required to render a verdict shall be specified by law. Now, we're going to attack this right here. But, look at this. In all criminal prosecutions... The accused shall have the right to appear and defend in person and by counsel to demand the nature of the cause of the accusation. The cause. What's the cause of the accusation against them? To have a copy thereof. We heard that in the, um, in the video. I, I, I think everyone has a copy of that in front of them. To testify on his own behalf. To meet the witnesses against him face to face. So no remote stuff. You can't have remote stuff. To have compulsory process to compel the attendance of witnesses. So they can't say, yeah, he killed that guy and then they can't be made to show up. And now why is this? The fundamental, uh, the fundamental principle that says this is that the trial by jury, the jury gets to judge the credibility of the witness. So if the witness isn't there in person with the living voice, you deprive the right of the accused the benefit of having the jury judge the credibility of the witness. So if the witness is not physically present to have his voice crack or have his story change or you know have his palms get sweaty or his eyes to be shifty, if he's not there for the jury to not be able to see that, you're depriving the accused the power of the jury in order for the jury to judge the credibility of the witness. This is why you have the compulsory process to compel the attendance of witnesses on his own behalf. Make sense? To have a speedy trial and an impartial jury of the county which which the offense was alleged to have been committed and the right to appeal in cases in no instance shall the accused uh, person before final judgments be compelled to advance any monies or fees to secure the rights uh, herein guaranteed. 
So you don't have to pay any court costs or anything like that before. Now, what I want to focus on is this idea that you have to move by the law of the land. This is a right that are being secured to you. These are guaranteed rights that the government cannot trespass. Now, what I want to get at is this. In all criminal prosecutions, the unanimous consent of the jury jurors shall be necessary to render a verdict. In all other cases, right? So in all other cases, which means not criminal cases. So in criminal cases, there is a difference than all other cases, right? So in all other cases, which is to say not criminal cases, the number of jurors not less than six and the number required to render a verdict shall be specified by law. Which means what? It means the number of jurors in a criminal case has to be what? Twelve. Uh, where to go? 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 Um, Twelve persons. Right? Juries in criminal cases which a sentence of death or imprisonment for 30 years or more is authorized by law shall consist of 12 persons. Now, think about this. In criminal cases, this is the law of the land, which means this is the common law. The common law is not statutory law. So when statutory crimes have a punishment, the punishment of a statutory crime is not the punishment of the common law crime the common law crime we saw from blackstone is death is ordered to be punished with death the common law crime of murder is punishable by death so in the arizona constitution the guaranteed rights of the people are the common law rights and so the criminal cases that it specifies here are common law crimes. They are not statutory crimes. So the way that attorneys will finagle this is they'll say, well, the statute doesn't say that he has a sentence of death. So we don't have to give him 12 jurors. And the statutes say he's not going to be in prison for 30 years or more. What does these articles say? These articles say what? Um, where is it? Uh, la, 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 la. Uh, it's going to be like in prison for what? Where's where's it at? Um, uh, the man alleged yeah, killing key state witness. Inflammatory uh, text growing. Blah 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 blah. There's one of these that says that he can go up to jail for like 26 years or something. Um, 23 years. 23 years. Look at that. So he's, he's being charged with statutory crime and his punishment is up to 23 years. So this, this right here is common law crimes. In common law crimes, you're guaranteed a jury of what? 12 persons. In statutory crimes, you don't have jurisdiction to uh, charge people statutory crimes because statutory crimes are enactments of the legislature. Enactments of the legislature are not common law crimes. So your guaranteed rights in the common law, your guaranteed rights in the common law mean for common law crimes, you have to have 12 jurors. What did this uh, article say? What did this article say? Article said what? The trial starts with two days of jury selection. We'll have eight jurors and four alternate alternates. That right there kills his Article 2, Section 23 right to trial by jury that has 12 persons. Does that make sense? 
Hold on. Let me let me let me back up out of this because I I don't know if people got this or not. Let me back up out of this. We're still on presumptions. Let me get an explain sketch. Let me get. Where's a? Oh, where did it go? Where did it go? Where did it go? I don't have my booklet, so let's just get a piece of paper. Let's just get a piece of paper. We'll just get a piece of paper. All right. Let's do this real fast. Handy dandy. Here's a piece of paper. Oh shoot. Is this going to be dark enough? Yeah, you should be able to say. So, uh, common law or uh, explain sketch. What we want to do is statutory crime, statutory versus common law crime, and it begins with God of Scripture. God of Scripture in the beginning created all heavens and earth. Amen. He then changed and brought forth a new covenant, starting with the gospel of Jesus Christ, the death, the burial. The death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus. Jesus physically rose from the grave as king. And he says, all power in heaven and earth are given to me. Go ye therefore and teach the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all of my commands. And lo, I will be with you always, even until the end of the age. So we, the people, Jesus told us to go. This is the application of God's wisdom. So now God is doing a new thing. He's got the death, the burial, the resurrection, the new covenant. The new covenant says, go. We are now spreading Christ's wisdom, right? We're spreading Christ's wisdom. Part of Christ's wisdom is that our rights is power of free action. So your powers of free action come from God because those are your rights. When Jesus says go, he's telling you now to use your rights. So we, the people, our founders were Christian. And because our founders were Christian, they understood the common law, which comes from the Bible. And then what they did was they said, we're going to reserve our rights to ourselves. Reserve. Rights. This is life. This is liberty. This is property. We're also going to call due process. Right? Then the founders created a big fat wall. Right? Big fat wall and then they did this. They created the Constitution. Now there's 51 of these things times 51. Their state constitutions and the U.S. Constitution. This is an express trust. The frame of this constitution and all of the state constitutions creates a legislature, creates an executive, and creates a judicial. If you want to learn all about this, you can go to my teacher. His name is Dave Jose. And on Twitter, he's got the for you on there. Okay. So this frame of government, this is where we're at. Now this... This whole perspective here, the purpose of government, the purpose of everything on this side is to secure rights and the public welfare, to make sure that stuff goes good. Public welfare and to secure rights. Okay? So then you've got everything outside of government, which is us and our rights. So now, whenever we created the Constitution, we did that and we secured what? The Constitution secures the common law. The common law is on this side of this bubble. And why is that? 
because the common law comes from uh, Christianity, comes from an understanding and the application of Christ's wisdom, so that because people were given individual rights, they can live freely, power of free action, and whenever they come against each other and, and do something bad, you try these rights in a court of record. And Dave has a webinar, you can go look on that one, but he, you try rights in a court of record. What's happening is that our Constitution creates the legislature, the legislature writes statutes, and these statutes then create these entities called courts. These statutes are also called crimes. So the common law has crimes. This is murder. This is robbery. Um, this is libel. This is uh, treason. You know, th there's common law crimes. And then there's these statutory crimes. A statutory crime would be what? Degrees of murder. Because this is what? Or uh, aggravated ag assault. Aggravated assault. These are statutes. So as statutes, they are derived from the legislative power, which means they are not law of land. So whenever you have someone here, uh, these are people, whenever you have someone here like Mr. Kelly, and he shoots an illegal, the prosecutors in the executive branch, right, these prosecutors, uh, these prosecutors, what will they do? I can't spell. Prosecutors will do what? They'll go and take these people and they'll bring them into these fake courts, these legislative tribunals. So it'll be right here. And this is why you have a status hearing. And the status hearing is to confirm that you are under this jurisdiction. And so if your status hearing, you do not stand on your rights, if you do not say, hey, I need due process of law, where I first have to be, uh, I have to be given notice, I have to then be heard, and then all this has to happen, uh, then judgment, right? Then judgment. But instead, you pass statutes that do what? They presume guilt. All of these right here, all of these right here presume guilt. How do we know this? Because if you look up the definition, hold on. If you look up the definition of presumption, if you look up the definition of presumption of law, what did they do? Right? It's a rule of law that courts and judges shall draw a particular inference from a particular fact or from particular evidence. Right? Look at this. Hold on. Come on now. A consequence which the law or the judge draws from a known fact to a fact unknown. A rule of law laid down by the judge and attaching to evidentiary facts certain procedural consequences as to the duty of production of other evidence by the opponent. So if you have a statute that says that that comes from the legislature that says anyone who commits an assault is guilty of blank blank blank, there is a presumption in the law that the facts are moving by the rules that were established by the legislature. But if you have a common law right secured can only be tried in a court of record that moves by the common law, these rules of law cannot be changed by the legislature, which means you have a presumption of law in the common law, 
and you have a presumption of law that statutory law those are the two those those two things are distinct if the opponent does not offer evidence to the contrary the presumption disappears and the case stands upon the facts and the reasonable inferences to be drawn therefrom if the lead if the prosecutors come at you with a statutory crime they are wanting the court to move by rules that are established by the legislature that is that's a legislative tribunal right uh, if the so so a rule of law laid down by the judge and attaching to evidentiary facts certain procedural consequences as to the duty of production of other evidence by the opponent so if you go to a legislative tribunal you move by the rules that come from statute so if you go to a legislative tribunal, you move from rules from statute. If you are in a court of record, these rules are what? These rules are from common law. And I'm about to show you. You move from rules from common law instead of rules from statute. Now, do not miss this part. Come on now. If the opponent, if the, come on. If the opponent does offer, excuse me, if the opponent does offer evidence to the contrary. Now, what's this? What's evidence? Evidence is submitted under what? Sworn testimony. Claims. Remember how I said that they're making a complaint? A complaint is not a claim. A claim is a claim. A claim is sworn under penalty of perjury. A complaint is just you whining. So the prosecutors, prosecutors did what? The prosecutors amended their complaint. The prosecutors did not change a claim, and I argue they haven't made a claim. So if the opponent does offer evidence, this is where you send affidavit. You're going to send affidavit of your status in the law, and you're going to make claims to your rights. To the contrary, which means that you can. Understand this. If the opponent does offer, which means the opponent can offer, what did that attorney do? Oh, no, we're going to waive the right to hear the complaint. Let's just move on to the pleading. Do you see that? Do you see how in the status hearing, they don't even offer the, they don't even attack the jurisdiction. They don't even try to say, hey, judge, he's one of the people with guaranteed rights. What do they do? They just freaking go right by it. If the opponent does offer evidence to the contrary, the presumption disappears and the case stands upon the facts and the reasonable inferences to be drawn therefrom. What facts are established from a complaint? Nothing. There are no facts. Someone's got to swear. Someone's got to swear. Someone's got to say, this happened. I claim this. This is why whenever the freaking, what's it? Um, this is why whenever the, uh, um, I mean, look at this. Prosecutors compared Kelly to the Unabomber. How is that? How, how can you do that? How can you how can you compare me to the Unabomber with without him ever having been heard? How about this? Um, what was it? Okay, look at this. During a August 16 hearing, Hunley. Hold on, let me let me let me jihad this. 
During the 16 hearing, Hunley signaled that prosecutors may seek to temporarily dismiss the charges. How can you temporarily dismiss the charges if you're, or if you're claiming the guy's murdered the guy? See, no one's made a complaint. They've complained. The charges against Kelly, if a crucial state witness did not testify during the trial. They're relying on what? A witness. The anonymous man alleged. Alleged is not claimed. The anonymous man alleged what? To have witnessed the shooting of Butamia, the guy that was killed. And he previously gave dramatic testimony. Did he really give testimony? Or did he just like, yeah, I saw it. It was all the case. In which he reenacted Butamia's death. It was later revealed that the witness had previously pleaded guilty to smuggling cannabis across the Arizona-Mexico border back in 2015. Why is that important? Because you can discredit the witness. If he has done infamous things, if he's previously done crimes, why would you rely on his testimony whenever he's saying, yeah, I, I previously committed crimes, I can swear to stuff. He's alleging. He's not swearing. The man initially was reluctant to testify. Hold on. We just saw in the right secured in the Constitution, he can't be, he, he can't deny to testify. He can be compelled to testify. There's no such thing as, well, I'm reluctant to testify. Sorry, bro. Then, that, then it's over. Jeopardizing a key witness in the state's case. Charges against Kelly ultimately remained as the witness later confirmed that he would testify. So he's wishy-washy. Yes, I'll testify. No, I won't testify. But in the law, he don't got a chance. He don't got a choice. If you say that a dude committed murder, you, you are going to go to the trial. By law, by right, you have the ability to force that. Now think about this. If the opponent does offer evidence to the contrary, the presumption disappears. What presumption disappears? The fact that what? The fact that he is a person who committed aggravated assault. That presumption disappears. Hey, I'm one of the people. I'm not one of these persons. I'm not subjugated to the enactments of a legislature. You have to try my liberty interests by common law crimes in a court of record. You can't come at me in a uh, judicial in a, in a uh, legislative tribunal that moves by legislative rules. You can't do that. You can't do that. Now I want to show you this because a lot of that's really. Whatever, but let's let's get to this. Let's get to murder. Murder. The unlawful killing of a human being by another with malice, a forethought, either express or implied. Right? So I'm gonna kill that guy. I'm gonna do whatever. But look at this. Common law. Whoa. So murder, common law. The willful killing of any subject, whatever, with malice aforethought, whether the person slain be an Englishman or a foreigner. So you can murder a foreigner, right? That's what this guy is. He's an alien. The killing of any person under the king's peace with malice, prepense, or aforethought, either expressed or implied by law, right? When a person of sound mind and discretion unlawfully killeth any reasonable creature in being and under the king's peace with malice aforethought or either expressed or implied, now, he has to be under the king's peace. If he's unlawfully on your property, that's an issue. Is he breaking the public peace? Yeah, but look at this. Degrees. These were unknown at common law. You're charged with second degree murder. You are automatically not using common law. Does that make sense? These were unknown at common law, but have been introduced in many states by statutes. 
the terms which are too variant to be here discussed in detail. They're too variant, which means they're loose. They're not clear. It's vague. It's ambiguous. It's all over the place. In general, however, in general, however, it may be said that most states only divide the crime into murder in the first degree and murder into the second degree, though in some there are three degrees. And in that general purport that these statutes is to confine murder in the first degree to homicide committed by poison, lying in wait, or other killings committed in pursuance. So they're creating degrees of murder. Unknown at common law. Does that make sense? Does I mean, does that... I mean, that, that kills it. That, ki- that kills... That kills statutory crimes of second-degree murder because you're not charging people with common law crimes. You're charging them with statutory crimes. And if they are not subjected to the Constitution, if they are one of the people, then what you're doing is you're running game. Now, I want to get to um, some maxims. I want to get to some maxims. And the very first thing we're going to look at is uh, common law. Common law. Uh, Things derogatory, 18C, things derogatory to the common law are not to be drawn into precedent. These are your statutes. When you have a statute, when you have a statute, these, a a degree of murder, these were unknown at common law, but have been introduced in many states by statutes. That's literally saying, what? That's literally saying, that things derogatory to the common law are not to be drawn into precedent. The common law doesn't have degrees of murder. It has murder. The common law what? By William Blackstone did what? Blackstone says what? Death is to be ordered punished with death. If, if you killed a guy, you, you need to be killed. There's no such thing as, hey, we're going to put you in crime for up to 23 years. Now they do that for what? Because the uh, our, the Constitution in Arizona literally says juries in criminal cases, this is common law crimes, not statutory crimes, you can't have a sentence of death or imprisonment for 30 years with less than 12 persons. Ooh, so let's go to um, let's go to uh, where the maxims talk about a jury. Where is my pencil? It's right there. If we go to a jury, if get out of the way cord if we go to jury right jury we say here um uh juries are the judges of fact and law in american jurisprudence so it's not the judge it's the jury the juries are the ones that get to determine what the fact and the law is so if they this is why you have um people in, in with the living voice if you don't have someone physically present how can the jury look at the granular details on their facial expressions those micro expressions, the voice cracks, the sweaty palms, the shifty eyes. This is how the jury can judge the fact. If someone says, if this guy right here, if this guy right here, uh, where to go, where to go, where to go, where to go, this guy, if this guy right here, this anonymous man alleged to have witnessed the shooting in Butamia, if this guy right here, which gave dramatic testimony, reenacted Butia's death, if that dude stands in front of a freaking jury, the jury is able to look at him and be like, man, you're, you're full of crap. Get out of here. We don't like you. We think you're a liar. And the jury can literally say that dude's testimony is bunk. We don't care. 
The jury can also look at the law and say that law is stupid. So if you go up to a jury and you say what? Hey, jury, um, they are presuming my guilt. This right here presumes my guilt. And the, are the, um, the Constitution says what? I get, where are you at? Where are you at, due process of law? Right here. I get uh, due process of law. How can you charge me with a statutory crime that goes against my due process of law, my constitutional due process? The jury can look at that, and because they can judge the law, they can say, yeah, that's stupid. We hate that law. Get it out. So even though you might have uh, done whatever the statute said, the juries can look at the statute and say, yeah, that's stupid. We hate that. Get out of here. Right? Now look at this. There can be no valid trial jury of less than 12 men. What did this uh, article say? This article said what? The trial starts with two days of jury selection and will have eight jurors and four alternates. Eight jurors. Eight. But the maxims say that you have to have what? There can be no valid trial jury of less than 12 men. And a consent even by the defendant to a trial by a less number is absolutely void. Folks, this dude is, is getting run game on by attorneys because these attorneys don't know what the law is. They don't know the maxims. They don't know the state constitutions. They don't even know that legislative, that statutory crimes specifying second degree murder is a hoax. They don't know. And because they don't know, the injustice continues. And because the injustice continues, this is why uh, we need to learn the fundamental law. Now, I would point you to my teacher, Dave Jose. Um, that's He's on Twitter. He's on Telegram. Um, he's got webinars that go into depth. But what I wanted to show is just the fact that there are like statutory crimes are not, they don't have, they, one, they presume guilt, but two, they are, they are for the people that are under the jurisdiction of the constitutions. If you are one of the people, your rights, um, the, the government has to defend your rights. So if you stand on your rights, which means as soon as you hire an attorney, the attorney isn't arguing your rights. The attorney is arguing process, procedure, case law, according to whatever type of tribunal they're in, which is the presumption of law. And I showed you that presumption can be offered, you can offer evidence to the contrary. And if you offer evidence to the contrary, the statutory crimes are blocked and they can't proceed. The court can't proceed. Why? Because you've corrected the presumption in law. This right here, I mean, <laughs> this right here is a... Uh... This, 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 uh, th these are the fundamentals. These are the fundamentals. And whenever you know your state, whenever you know your rights, when you know the state constitutions, when you study these things, um, this, this is, this is the knowledge that's been hidden from you. This is, this is where people have been, uh, they, they've had stuff, uh, they've had their liberty destroyed. Now with that, I'll wrap up and, and get to the gospel in the sense that this is coming. This is wisdom. The, the wisdom of our founders came from the Bible. They're using the common law. The common law comes from the Bible. And the common law that comes from the Bible comes from Christians who over hundreds of years said, we want to bring Christ's wisdom to govern the world because that's what we're supposed to do. But you can't do this and it doesn't matter if you are not in Christ. 
If you don't know Jesus, then whenever you die, whether that's in two seconds or two years or two months or whatever, you're going to go to hell because you are a sinner. Christ came to seek and to save that the lost. His seeking is for him to go everywhere. And by him covering the entire planet with his wisdom, with the gospel message, with the gospel invitation, he will find the people that are lost. You will find people who don't know Jesus, who are dead in their sins, who will go to hell just by proclaiming him, just by obeying him. And so when Jesus came to seek and to save that which is lost, he came so that he can take our place for sin. And that's exactly what he did on the cross. When Jesus died on the cross, he had lived a perfect and sinless life. Whenever he was put in the ground after he physically died, that shows that sin died with him. When he physically rose three days later, it proves that he's God. It proves that he's king. It proves that what he says is true. It proves his prophecy is true. It proves that he fulfilled the old covenant. He started a new and better covenant. There's so many people that are so focused on Israel. Israel, modern Israel, is not Israel of the Bible. Israel of the Bible is the seed of promise. The book of Galatians says that that, was, that is the church. The church is the seed of promise. That was promised all the way back to Abraham. This is what the Bible teaches. Paul says in Romans chapter 9, not all in Israel, and not all Israel is of Israel. This means that at the time, even if you called yourself an Israelite, didn't mean that you had a heart for God. Jesus, in John chapter 8, he's looking at people that are blood descendant from Abraham. Literally blood descendant. They're Hebrews. They're Jews. They're Israelites. All three of them, which there are distinctions between those things. He's looking at, he's looking at them and he's saying that you are of your father, the devil, because they don't believe him. John chapter 5, verse 39, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and he says, You search the scriptures for everlasting life. And you should because they testify of me. The Bible testifies, the prophets testify of Christ. Christ is the only way to go to heaven. Christ is the only way to have the remission of your sins. The gospel is the only way to be saved. But yet there will still be people who say, Well, we need to come back for this group. No. We need to send the message, the gospel message everywhere. Push the invitation everywhere. The gospel is for everybody. That's Christ's focus. That's why he died. That's what the gospel message is. When you believe this and you know that you are dead in your trespass, you know that you are a sinner. You know that murder is wrong. You know that lying is wrong. Stealing, these things are wrong. Idolatry, pride, these things are wrong. These are sinful Every one sin will get you in hell. And because you're sinning against an almighty, infinite God, every sin merits an infinite punishment. You, the, the, the severity of the crime goes towards you know, who you're going against. We saw that in Blackstone. When Blackstone says it's, it's not good enough just to say you took a life, it's you actually harmed the betterment of society when you've murdered somebody. So what happens whenever you sin against God? You're not just harming yourself. You're not just harming society and those around you. You are going against God. You're going against the Almighty. And when you get, go against the Almighty, you deserve his wrath. I deserve his wrath. But because Jesus died for our sins, he was buried and three days later he came from the grave, rose from the grave. When you believe that he took your place, 
you are obeying the gospel. When you obey the gospel, you will confess your sins. You will see him as king and you will be baptized in his name. That is how you enter into his church. That's the symbol. Hey, I'm one of you now. Okay, boom. Now there will be a lot of people, and I've said this for a couple days in a row because I know that it's such a sticking point. If Christ tells you to do something, do it. I, I, I don't question it. Well, Joe, I, I, I want to I know if, 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 if you tell me to do that, but I want to know, do I really have to? You're using your head. You're using your head. What you're not doing is saying, that's the king. He died for my sin. He rose from the grave and he says, go jump. I'm going to jump. I'm going to jump. Why? Because that's a king. The king gave me a command. I'm going to do it. I'm going to. I'm not going to try to figure out. Well, but why did he give me the commands? And what's the? What's the? Where do we do it? Just do it. Just do it. Believe the gospel, my friends. It's the only way to go to heaven. I appreciate your time. Um, the best way to help me is to go to patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. Switch your shopping over. I've, I've talked about this before. It's a great way. It's a blessing for me. But there's also a Zoom call this Friday, this Friday evening, nowgotowar.com. You can register there. Write meow. And if you go to nowgotowar.com, you'll be on a Zoom call with myself and my wife, and we will explain uh, you know, here's what's going on. Here's what this is. You'll see other people who have who have done it too. You will hear firsthand testimony from people that are actually doing it. And so there's no questions. You don't have to sign up if you don't want to. No harm, no foul. It's a great way to bless me in the continuation of what I do here. But it's also a great way for you to make your dollars matter in this economic warfare to take away from the godless commies and to support American manufacturing. That's now go to war.com or the patriotswitch.com slash Jaren option. We do have a private membership association where people can go get delicious air roasted coffee delivered right to the door as a benefit of joining the effort of distributing mails around the world, uh, around the, uh, the nation, the private membership association of humble whole bean coffee is dedicated to distributing Bibles throughout the United States. As a benefit of joining Humble Whole Bean Coffee, you get these delicious air roasted coffee uh, you know, selections delivered right to your door. It is amazing. Go to humblewb.coffee, humblewb.coffee. God bless you, Lord willing. We'll be back tomorrow. Until then, I am Jaron Jackson. I do love America. Do not quit. Go to war.